Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We don't have just one preacher. We don't have two preachers. Three. We've got more than three. We've actually got four preachers tonight. And tonight's night is called The Uprising. And uh, what we have here behind us is the preaching corner. And so they're like, you know, when you watch a boxing match, guys will probably more know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to be biased. I'm sure some ladies out there are into MMA as well, or boxing. All right. And there are people (laughs) who are in the corners of the guys who are out there giving it their all. And they're like the support team. They're saying, come on, you can do it. Come on, give it another red hot go. And so we, in the background here, have got the preaching corners for those who are going to be preaching tonight. But church, let's just not leave it to the four voices that are up here. Because the preachers tonight, they're like family to us. They're part of Victory Church family. They're our young people who are a part of this house. And so I want to encourage you to get in full voice. We're going to practice this in a minute. All right. I want to hear a few amens, a few preach it, sister. All right, so we might start over here with young people to let them, you know, you know, teach us and school us on how this goes. Are you ready, young people? Because these are your mates here tonight who are preaching. All right, can you give me a big preach it, sister? Go, Jacob, go. Can I see someone wave a Bible in the air? Because that's really powerful, that stuff. There it is right there. Come on. All right, in the middle, I want you to hear you say, preach it. Cool. With a fist in the air, preach it. There we go. Fantastic. Over here on to my left. Fantastic. So we've had it well role modeled now. All right. You should excel in this. Okay. So here we go. I want to hear it. Go for it. Preach it. Preach it, my brother. Fantastic. Excellent. Now, now let's put this all together, this package. And these guys are going to feel unbelievable tonight, aren't they? Because they are going to be unbelievable. Cool. So on the count of three, oh, not count of three. We don't need that. Everyone together. Here we go. Ready? Preach it. Preach it, sister. Go for it. Come on, give me more. Come on. You've got to do this. All right. Yeah, there we go. Come on, give me some more. All right. There we go. Fantastic. We're in for a good night, aren't we? We're in for a great night. Come on now. It's getting crazy. Cool. Hey, they are our youth, they're part of our youth team, or we're not youth team, one of our team members tonight, one of the preachers tonight is part of our youth team, all right? And the rest of them are part of our youth ministry. And uh, I want to encourage us, let's not look down upon them because they're young or say, you know what, they're just young bucks. What do they know? They haven't experienced life yet. What I know to be true is that no matter who's up here, I know it's been endorsed by our senior leaders and they're for them. And so if they're for them, I'm going to open up my heart because I believe that God is in the place and God can get on their words and speak to me tonight. And so we can applause. So I want to encourage you to let that be truth for you tonight, to open up your heart and open up your mind and say, you know what? I'm ready to hear what God has got for me tonight through these young people. And what I love about working with young people is they're raw. You know, they don't have any filters. 
They're just saying, you know what? I've grown up with this and this is what I know to be true. So here it is. So I want us to be upstanding right now and give a warm applause to our first preacher in the place. Let's get behind her tonight. She is the awesome Sarah Stanley. Come on, Sarah! Hello. Um, you may have to excuse my man voice because I have a cold. <laughs> my first joke. Um, <laughs> How are we going? Yeah. I'm nervous. Nah. Um, <laughs> in doing preparation for this preach of doing um, for the young guys and now obviously you guys, I was thinking, what's something that I can bring to the table? What's something of my flavour or my story? And we're actually in a connect group and I was answering a question. And within that question, I had answered, um, be still and know that I am God. And it was at that point God said, oh, that's what I want you to share on. And... Um, in my life and through my teenage years, and obviously by preaching to the teenagers, I thought it was applicable, but it can be applicable to all of you here. Come on. <laughs> if I fail, I will interpretive dance for you. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> and so what I thought, you know, be still and know that I am God, was about... Um, God never leaving us through our storms and our circumstances and our trials. And the second thing I thought was to find security in God and not in man. And so this scripture came to mind of um, building your foundation on the rock and not on the sand. And it's in Matthew 7. Let me read it for you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had the foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. The storms and the winds in um, this parable here is really just the circumstances that happen in our life. It's the seasons that we go through. It's the hurt and the trial and the pain that comes our way. And in that, we need to be still and know God is God and choose to stand and build our foundation on what God says and build it on his rock rather than um, something that's maybe flippant or maybe what other people say, which might be the sand. And so my first point would be tonight is to build... God, be my rock in the storm. Through my teenage years, I remember being at a connect group. Connect group plug. Um, <laughs> my leader had shared a psalm with me, and it's still one of my favorite psalms to this day because it got me through a lot, and it, um, God really showed me his heart through this, and he really showed me what I meant to him. And so let me read it. It will be a little bit long, but that's okay. <laughs> psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. But even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Oh, I've skipped a bit. That's fine. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them where I count. Where I too count them, <laughs> they outnumber the grains of the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Repeatedly, this psalm says he is with us. No matter where we flee, when we rise, when we wake, when we go and hide in our secret place, when we're in the darkness, when we're in the loneliness, when we're in the pain, when we're in the hurt, when we're through seasons, when we're in trials, God is with us. Let God be your rock through these seasons because he loves us and he says it in this. He doesn't leave us. He won't let you go. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. He has our best interests at heart. The second thing was, we have a lot of words spoken over us, and words are life and death, aren't they? Um, Especially when you're a teenager, but it can still affect you when you're older. We often find ourselves saying over ourselves, you know, I'm stupid, I'm, I'm worthless, or I'm rubbish, I was a mistake, I'm no good, I don't look as good as the person over, me, over here or the person over there, my personality isn't as good as this person. These are, I'm talking about Kimmy, I'm not a guy. <laughs> I did make the mistake of going him, but anyway, that's fine. Um, In this, we need to choose to build ourselves on the rock and uh, define ourselves by what God says about us and not what other people say about us and um, let his word wash over our soul. In Psalm 139, he says, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. In Psalm 139, it says his thoughts about us are more than the grains of sand and they're too wonderful for David to comprehend. We need to build our... We need to build ourselves on the rock because waves and storms will come against us. Words will come against us of going, you're stupid, you're worthless, but you were made in God's image. You weren't made a mistake. In here it says you were ordained before the world was even written. You were not a mistake. You were born with the eye color that you had. You were born with the hair color that you had. You were born with the personality that you have, the gifts and the talents that you have for a very reason and God is delighted in them. (laughs) Tonight I want to rethink, I want us to rethink about where we're building our foundations, whether we're building it on what other people are saying about us or what even we're we're saying about us. Let us build our our foundation on the word of God. Thank you. Well done. That was awesome. It's good. I reckon we can pick up our Bibles and go out now, can't we? Is that all right? That's enough. 
Come on now. That's so good. I reckon all we need is just that psalm, and we just need to massage that into our hearts, and it'll be all good. I seriously want to pick up on what Sarah had said. We've got to shut the chatterbox up that's inside our head. That chatterbox that's going all the time inside your head, telling you that you're no good, that you're worthless. Who are you to think the way you do think about yourself? Why should you think that you're any good? And that Psalm 139 just smacks it right in the middle and says, you know what? I can think highly of myself. I can love myself because my God loves me and my God has created me the way I am. So Sarah, that was a fantastic word. Put your hands together one more time for Sarah. That was good. Like I said, we could pack up our Bibles and we can go home now, but we're not because we were going to be uh, really blessed now by this young woman. I've known her for a very long time, had the privilege of teaching her when she was a little girl in year six. And now she's doing year 12 and she's got a plan and purpose ahead of her, a great destiny to fulfill. I want you to put your hands together and go wild for Paige Cooper. Um, I've been at Victory for almost 11 years now um, and it's helped me along my journey and my life because um, as a child I grew up in a Christian home um, with my mum and my dad and I had three younger siblings um, and everything was going really well and I was just enjoying life but I never really, even though I was going to church, had a relationship with God. Um, but when I was nine, everything... Um, just went bad. Um, my parents split and that was really hard on all of us kids because I was the oldest of four um, and my little sister, she was six months old. Um, every day I would pray to God that my parents would get back together, that everything would work out and go back to the way it was. And that didn't happen. In the end, six months later, my dad went to prison. Um, and again, we were heartbroken. I remember mum on a Saturday morning getting us all in her room and she sat us down and told us and we just pretty much cried all day. Um, and even though I was in the church um, and I knew there was people around me supporting me, I felt alone and just emotionally alone even though I knew everyone was around me. Um, and I just got really angry at God and was wondering why this was happening to me and why my life was so bad and what had I done wrong. Um, and then... It took me until last year to notice how good the church was, um, how great the leaders are of this church um, and how great the friends that we have in this church and the family that we build in this church. Um, I went to Thailand at the end of last year and I um, met this boy. He was about 16 years old and his parents, his mum had run off when he was baby and his dad was left with him. Um, and his dad was really addicted to drugs. So at the age of six, he got um, this little boy, Kaipi, addicted to drugs and made him go out and get drugs for him and bring him back. Um, he made him go get money, go get food. And if he didn't bring enough back, he would abuse and torture his own son. Um, that was just the culture for a lot of the kids back over there. Um, and it wasn't until he was about 12 years old, he got brought into this organisation by these amazing people um, and they 
start up this organisation called the Drop-In Centre and they brought in kids from these broken families and gave them one free warm meal a day. They talked to them about God and um, just loved on them and showed them what true love was um, and what support was and all of that. And he then became a Christian and he's no longer addicted to drugs and everything like that. So, yeah. Um, in Psalm 68, verse 6, it says that God sets the lonely in families. He set Kaipi, the little boy, in a family. And even though I didn't notice it at the time, he'd set me in right in this family where I needed to be. He set me here with amazing friends and family around me. I've got brothers and sisters that I never thought I'd have. I've got mums and dads that have stepped in when I've needed them. Um, even though I knew I was supported, it, it just wasn't apparent to me until last year when I saw the lives that these kids were living. Um, and each person in the church plays a part in our lives. Each person brings something different, something new to your life, um, and they can help you in different ways. Um, in James 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven, heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Um, this verse just shows that we need to be thankful to God because we don't deserve what we get. We don't deserve to be able to have the family that we have, the friends that we have around us. We don't deserve anything. But because of his love and his grace towards us, we get that. Um, And there are many other people out there living off worse than us, so we just need to be thankful for what we do have and not focus on what we don't have. So, yeah. Wow. From a little year six to a grown woman. And there it is, a powerful revelation about the church and the power of the church. You know, the Bible speaks about how God sets the lonely in family. And, uh, and I want to encourage you, to make a, a commitment to being a part of a local church. This is a great local church. If you're visiting tonight, this is a fantastic local church. And we're glad that you're here. But I reckon there's something in, in making a, a commitment to going, you know what, no matter what's going on in my life, whether I feel like it or not. And that's sometimes the problem. We're, we're driven by our feelings too much. I don't feel like going tonight, and so we don't. But you know what? We need to have something that overrides those feelings because it's, it's a conviction. That's what it's called. It's a conviction inside your heart that says, I know the value of being a part of a local church. And Paige has summed that up extremely well. You know, Jesus talks about in, in Luke how he's on his way to uh, the synagogue on a regular basis. You know, Jesus is our role model. And if he's going to the synagogue, which is probably our modern day, you know, the church on a regular basis, well, then I think we should be here week in, week out, you know. And so I want to encourage us to make a commitment, have a personal conviction within your heart. No matter what's going on in my life, I need to be at church because there's something for God or something that God wants to say and do in my life that's found in others. And, and, and Paige, you summed that up extremely well. So one more time, let's show our appreciation for what Paige shared. Fantastic. Well, we've got this power package that's about to speak tonight. This young man is 12, and he has got a great servant heart. Have the privilege of having him serving our kids in kids' ministry. His parents are great friends of Katie and myself and, and, uh, and love kids as well. This man's got something to say, so let's put our hands together for Jacob Madrid!
Um, hello, I'm Jacob. Um, I feel a bit surrounded by girls at the moment. We've got her, I don't know her name, and we have three girls down there, plus Gabe and Ethan. I'm just surrounded, it's horrible. But, <laughs> but um, sorry, tonight I'll be speaking about my absolute favourite verse in the Bible absolute favourite. Um, it's 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, and it's, do not let anyone look down on you for you are young, but set an example for all believers in what you teach, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. And I believe that everyone has something that they put in instead of young. So don't let anyone look down on you because you are unimportant. Don't let anyone look down on you because you didn't get that promotion. Don't let anyone look down on you because where you live... Um, if everyone used that excuse, we no one would be. We wouldn't have the church today. Um, and I believe that fat, young, and unimportant are all opinions of people. And where does it say in the Bible, when you're this age, this weight, have this job, and drive this car, then you can come and worship me? And. And so if you can bear with me for five and a half more minutes. Um, I have three points. Uh, my first point is God's plan starts now. People say, I'll wait till I'm older. I'll wait till I'm richer. I'll wait till I can slam dunk a basketball. And in Kim's sense, I'll wait till I marry Justin Bieber. And <laughs> I've had, she asked me to do that. Just saying, was not on my free will. Um, we, need, we need to stop procrastinating. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans can be big and small. doesn't matter. God has created you to change the world or to change your world. And he will help you fulfill his plans for you. And God may put you in uncomfortable situations where you can learn and grow and create a spiritual relationship with him. So in any situation, ask yourself how you can glorify his amazingness. Because 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whenever you, you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And my second point is do not let anyone think less of you. So Timothy was 14 to 16. Do we have any 14 to 16-year-olds? <laughs> Shut up, Josh. You're not 14 to 16. <laughs> You're like old at Stone Age. Um, <laughs> so Tim hung out. So Tim, this 14 to 15, because that's in between 14 and 16, I think. Um, so Tim, this 15-year-old, hung out with Paul, the old apostle dude, and they were just going around healing people, doing preaching the word of God, stuff like that. But people said hurtful things to Tim. They said he was too young to be doing that. So, And people will say those things to you. They'll tell you you're too young or you're too old, in someone's sense. Uh, in, <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you that, because your position in work, they'll tell you because you've got no kids, because of whatever the reason, they'll tell you that you can't be doing what you're doing. You need to stand up to these people and tell them that they're wrong. If you're, God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And if you're being his hands and feet, if you're being God's hands and feet, then who are they to judge? 
And my third point is, be an example to all believers. So people will be watching you while you're on your journey with Christ. See, you need to stand out. If you say you're on a Christian journey in your workplace or in your school, um, or in Josh's bingo club, um, (laughs) and you're acting, you're not, you're saying you're a Christian, and then you're not acting like a Christian, you're saying, come to church, it'll make you better, and then you're just being like everyone else. Why would they bother coming to church? What would be the, why would they see the point? And also, you also need to stand out from all the believers as well. Coming to church is not enough. You need to dig deeper to find God. And in my life, digging deeper, so if you know me, I'm like an insane reader, like every 20 books a day-ish, give or take. Um, ish my new word and so but so that's instead of picking up a book picking up the bible and reading or picking up my devotions book and reading the word of god instead of reading about magic people flying on fairies and eating dragon hearts (laughs) god will And God will reward those that, who dig deeper to find him. They'll reward you with a spiritual relationship and a first-class spot in heaven. And so, um, are you going to let people look down on you because you are young or whatever that young is for you? Thank you very much. Whose child's that one? Man, that was so good. I didn't know whether I was in church or whether I was watching a comedy act. I don't know. What's going on? All the sound effects, they were for free. That was, that was unbelievable. That was so good. You know, I, I trust you're being really, really encouraged, and you took lots of notes then. You know what? And these young people got something to say because there's something in here. There's something in here. The Word of God is in here. And so if anything, we can be encouraged. You know what? If we want to receive a revelation like they're bringing tonight, we just need to be in our word more. We need to be before God in his word more. And Jacob, that was phenomenal. Well done, mate. Put your hands together one more time for Jacob. I want him to give us one more. That was excellent. There we go. Fantastic. Well, our final act for this evening, our final preacher for this evening. I'm not sure whether she's going to be funny. See, there might be a bit of humor, but she's going to bring something extremely strong. All right, and have your hearts ready and open for what Billy Jones is about to share. So let's put your hands together for Billy Jones. Come on, Billy. I don't know. Oh, here I am. Hello. Um, <laughs> Uh, Just letting you know, I'm not funny like Jacob, so don't expect too much, all right? Um, I'm Billy. um, I'm 14. I go to King's, and it's my privilege to be able to share God's Word with you tonight. Um, I have a younger brother, Keelan. He's 13 now, I think. My goodness, he's getting old. Um, I I love him to pieces. He's adorable. Um, He's what we call in our household a loophole child. He's a bit cheeky, a bit naughty. He likes to push the boundaries a little bit, let's just say. So one night when we were younger, um, we had lino floor in our kitchen. So he had on his fluffy socks and he's skating around the kitchen like all the figure skaters are. Mum's like tripping over him, trying to put all the groceries away. 
um, and she, she was like, turns to him, and she goes, Keelan Daniel Jones, because you know, parents use your middle names when you're in trouble. Keelan Daniel Jones, you are walking on very thin ice, my friend. Because he's Keelan, he walks around the house and the kitchen like this, like he's walking on thin ice, trying not to break the surface, trying not to crack the ice. And I think that sometimes that is what we as Christians live our lives like. We walk around not wanting to break the surface, not living, not standing on our rock, which is Jesus, not standing firm in His authority, which He has given us. So tonight I want to share with you uh, a bit about the life of Moses. Moses was a bit of a hero of the Bible. He was born into uh, the time when the Israelites were oppressed by the Egyptians. They began to outnumber them and so Pharaoh got a little bit anxious. He, he, um, he, wasn't, he didn't want them to overrule them. So um, he started killing all of the Israelite baby boys. Now Moses' mother um, didn't like that, clearly. She didn't want to kill a little boy. So she nursed him till three months old and sent him down the river. And um, the Pharaoh's daughter actually found him, saved him and raised him. Um, when the time came, when he was a bit older, he found out who he was. He found out um, that he was an Israelite and what the Pharaoh was doing to his brothers and sisters. And instead of creeping back in behind the palace doors and not going out there, he took a stand and he... Uh, exercised his God-given authority. And he said, that's not okay. These are my brothers and sisters. This is my family. You can't do that to them. So when he did that, things got a little bit wrong, like went a bit downhill. He actually killed the guard um, <laughs> that was exercising his authority over the Israelites, but that's all right. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so he was obviously guilt-ridden. He would walk down the streets and people would probably shout profanities at him, shout um, things that would try and get him down. So he settled. He ran back into the desert and he became a shepherd. He settled. He had a wife. Um, I don't think he had any kids, but anyway, so he, um, he lived there for a little while and God spoke to him in, the, um, in a moment. He came to him in the burning bush. He said, you know what? I did not call you to live in the desert. I did not call you to live a surface living life, but I called you and I destined you to stand firm and to stand for me. Live in your authority that I have given you. When Moses did this, he wreaked all kinds of havoc that we know as the 10 plagues. Um, I don't have time to go into all of them tonight. I'll just briefly mention four of them. But these plagues, although they were bad for the Egyptians, they, they meant that the Israelites were able to walk in freedom to their promised land. And our plagues... They may be um, things in our lives that we need to put to death or things in our lives that we need to put in place to be able to gain the freedom that is rightfully ours, the things that are binding us um, to our settled lives, the things that are binding us to um, that surface living life. We need to cut those off. So one of the plagues that was there was the plague of blood. There was blood in all of the liquids everywhere. But you know what? What if in our lives, we have an outpouring of love? We love on people. We welcome people. We get alongside people. Um, what if instead of the plague of livestock, where cattle and goats and sheep drop dead, what if we... Um, our bad habits started dying in Jesus' name. What if exclusiveness died? What if swearing died? What if uh, gossip 
died? What if those offences that we've been holding on to, what if they died in Jesus' name? What if we dropped the baby and we let go of that um, thing that bound us? What if instead of the swarm of locusts, young guys, what if there was youth invites all over your school so that people couldn't get away from them? You know when you walk through one of those like, you know, the little bugs and you're trying to swat them away, but they're just there. You have to pay attention to them. What if that was what it was like for all of our youth invites? What if people had to come to youth, had to just check it out and see what it was and through that their lives were saved? What if... What if instead of the death of the firstborn child, what if we let go of some of our friendships that we know aren't healthy, that we love these people, but you know what? You're not healthy for my situation right now, and I can't see you as much as I have been anymore. When these plagues were put into place, the Israelites were able to walk freely through the Red Sea. There was see on either side of them. Trials and tribulations will come, but when you put these things into place, when you start living in your God-given authority, you can walk freely through that to your promised land. Your promised land, their promise, the Israelites' promised land was a land flowing of milk and honey. But for us, milk and honey, we kind of put that on a breakfast in the morning, so it's not really a big deal for us. Um, but I want to show you what your promised land could look like just really quickly. Your promised land is when you can walk freely into your office, into your schoolyard, wherever you go, and where people or the voices in your head, like Mick was talking about, when they start to get inside your head, when they start to say, you know what, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not confident enough, you haven't had enough experience, you can't do it, we can stand firm in our rock on our God-given authority and say, I am a child of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am worth far more than rubies. He died to save me. His blood covers my indiscretion. So you know what? It doesn't matter what you say about me because I know what my God says about me and I can live in my authority. It's when you can go up to that family member that keeps shutting you down whenever you invite them to church, that, that pays you out about being a Christian and you can go to them one more time. You can step into your authority one more time. You can learn from your past um, and how you've invited them and you can find a new way and you can say, hey, you know what? Do you want to come to church and not just invite them but be a bringer. Drive to their house, pick them up at 5.45, get here at 6 and let them see what this whole Christianity is all about. Put a, throw a sack over their head if you have to and chuck them in the boot because this is where they need to be. Be loud and proud about what you believe in. Stand firm, stand tall, and don't um, live a surface living life anymore. You're allowed to break the surface. That's what we're meant for. We're meant to push the boundaries. So this week, I want you to be living in your full force, in your full authority, whatever that may be, so that you can reach your promised land. Thank you. Come on now, just go a little bit more crazy. It's good. Our encouragers, you can uh, move off. Put your hands together for our encouragers tonight. That was good. I just wanted to stomp the ground just a couple of times there. Just get all black American on you. That was insane. That was so good. Billy Jones. Mum and Dad. Well, right, Kimmy. That sort of wasn't meant to happen, but anyway, that was all right. It's all good. 
Mum and Dad, thank you so much for giving great illustrations. Keep parenting the way you do, all right? Because you're giving this young girl awesome preaching illustrations. Who would have thought she would have turned something that Mum was saying to her brother into a, an amazing illustration? Church, you've got to break the ice. You've got to break the surface level. It's fantastic. I reckon one more time. Hey, can we have all of you guys back up here on stage? Let's stand to our feet and let's applaud them tonight for their courage. Come on now. Jacob Madrin, Billy Jones, Sarah Stanley, and the awesome Paige Cooper. Come on, put your hands together. Cool. So proud of you guys. You can make your way off. They'll be signing books in the Resource Centre afterwards. You can now take your seats. Church, we're almost done tonight. So I want to draw your attention to something that Billy said. And she stood on the ground. This is why I wanted to stamp my feet a few times. Because <laughs> she said this, stamped her foot on the ground and pointed to the end and says, I know what my God says about me. There's no mucking around in that statement. Anyone can bring anything to her. And her parents would know with great courage, you know what, I, I can trust Billy anywhere because I know she's going to hold her line because she knows, like she knows, like she knows inside her heart, she knows what God thinks about her and who she is in the eyes of God. And you may be new here tonight for the very first time and this is all very much unfamiliar. Or you may be visiting church for a few weeks now and still you're working out the whole Christian deal and the whole church deal. Or you may be well seasoned in church and your faith. We can learn something tonight from these young people, wherever we are on that spectrum. And I reckon this is what stood out amongst all of them. They knew what the Bible says about who they are in the eyes of God. Because the Word of God is inspired by Him. So writers long ago wrote down the things that we read today and have the privilege to read in freedom, mind you. Some countries get put to death if they've got a Bible in their hand. Yet we live in this incredibly free country called Australia where there's so much resource at our hands, so much that is accessible when it comes to the Word of God and things inspired by God to feed us, to speak to our hearts and to remind us of who we are. And sometimes we lose our confidence because we lose sight of who we are in the eyes of God. You know, we've just finished the series called Behind the Scenes. And if you don't know what that's about, please get to our website and check out those messages. But I think it's, it's a package that we need to listen to time and time and time again to remind us, you know what? Everything that we see here tonight is because they got those things happening behind the scenes. They're reading their word. They're people, young people of prayer. They're worshippers in church, no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether you're working this Christian deal out and this is brand new to you or whether we are well seasoned, we can be reminded, you know what? Let's turn to the Word of God. Let's turn to the Bible. Let's ha read and see what it has to say about who we are in the eyes of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 